Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody, welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. It was so fun doing the show yesterday with Colette Marie Steffen. Really, really fun to sort of reflect on uh, what her journey has been like. She's been with us for seven years, hosting her own show on Transformation Talk Radio, um, and is really, really planning some amazing things for this year. Um, She has been sort of my coach along the way and has guided us to about to do, and that is to launch our crowdfunding campaign for AI for the Soul. So stay tuned for all of that, lots coming on. Hi, Mr. Benny. Hi, Pat, how you doing today? Good, do I have to pull, do I have to back off from my mic right there? How am I doing? You're good, no. All right, good. good. Yeah, happy Tuesday to you. You as well. Um, you, you know, one of the things I love about this is that Benny and I get to listen to so many people do so many cool things and bring their passion and their purpose to the forefront. Uh, and you know, that's what today's show is about. It's about the sacred herbs of spring, magical healing and edible plants. Now I got to tell you that when I think about edible plants, I come from a family, a Mediterranean family, and probably learned about edible plants uh, really early on. And we never really understood much as kids growing up about what grandma was putting on the table. You know, those zucchini blossoms and other things that would come in from my grandpa's makeshift garden in the Bronx. But one of the things that I think we all got acutely aware of was how absolutely part of perfection were and what they meant. And if you ever watched my grandma and the way she handled them and the way she cooked with them, you, you, you would have to know and recognize that a special, special, special connection. So does my guest today. Ellen uh, Evert Hopman joining me here today. And, you know, what we're talking about um, is what it means to look in to the energy and look into the significance and look into what we once knew ages and ages ago and tap back into that. So today also, yep, we're going to be talking right there. See that book? Uh, We're going to be talking about her book and what this has come to mean in understanding how the magic, how the healing, how all of it takes shape. Uh, Ellen, it's great to have you on the show. Well, thank you very much for inviting me and happy Beltane. Yes, happy Beltane. Uh, For people that may or may not know what Beltane is, let's give people a short, let's give people who short education on it well um okay uh it it's an ancient celtic festival and it's just as important as the opposite end of the year which is halloween uh for right. the ancient yeah for the ancient celts there were only two seasons there was summer which was the light half of the year and there was winter which was the dark half of the year so beltane or may day and actually, today is May 5th, Cinco yeah. de Mayo. Um, yeah. Some people say that today is actually the day. Um, astronomically, today is the day. But anyway, so Beltane um, was the, the passage from winter to summer, and Samhain or Halloween was the passage from 
uh, summer to winter. So they were two portals at opposite ends of the year. And our culture has remembered Halloween. We celebrate it, Samhain or Halloween. Uh, we still celebrate it. We still remember it as a spirit night when there are ghosts and and goblins and fairies and witches and you know all all the the spirits are around because the walls between the worlds are very thin and it's easy for the ancestors to come through and we can contact them and they can contact us and we can do magic and all that but what we've forgotten as a culture except for certain people druids witches people like that and morris dancers <laughs> um, our culture has kind of forgotten beltane and um, it's just as potent a spirit night. Well, you know, one of the things that makes these potent, to begin with, makes both of these very potent, is sort of the ritual. And what I mean by ritual is, but Halloween is by far one of my greatest days of the year, for whatever reason that is. There's some kind of draw I have had, uh, even as a young, young child, right? But I think there's that we're learning more and more about. And I wasn't kidding when I talked about my grandma. You know, if you watched my grandma handle herbs, and I'm talking, and they may or may not be the ones in your book, but if you watched her, the handling of this, you know, if you watched her with fresh oregano, let's say, gently pulling off each leaf, right? Little teeny oregano leaves. Um, and I grow fresh oregano 27 here. But to watch her do it versus the way we go into a modern mm. stock and that we just rip the leaves off of yeah, it. Yeah. It's a really different energy. Right. Well, the old folks and maybe some of us are getting back to this now, but people used to have more of a relationship with nature, you know, especially if they grew their own food in the garden or if they went out in the woods to, to gather. And of course, a lot of Italians still do that. They go out to gather the mushrooms, you know. But um, if you have that relationship with nature and you learn to see plants, trees, bushes, herbs, flowers as individual beings, you know, to be treated with respect. And one of the things I always try to do in my herbals is I try to, to show a, a large picture about each individual plant. So I'll talk about um, the medicinal properties. I'll talk about the folklore, the fairy lore. I'll talk about recipes, you know, ways to eat the plant, cook with it, you know. So there's this richness that you, you know, and the magic. So you understand that there's this whole history uh, there's a whole culture around each individual plant so it sounds like that's what your grandmother was was showing yeah and you know part of this too is as i think about our culture today and you know i was talking to a friend of mine about this uh, uh ellen i was talking to a friend of mine and i was i always love to relate our pop culture to sort of these new innovative ideas that are so ancient and old. And so one of the things we were talking about, you know, we were talking about Lord of the Rings. And ever since Lord of the Rings, there had been a whole series of whether it's a television series or else well, it was various elves and spirits. I don't think in my lifetime, I have seen more indoctrination in our pop culture, as we like mm -hmm. to call it, of... Yeah these rituals, right, of fairies, elves, and spirits. And uh, albeit, I'm not sure exactly how they are properly using some of the things we're about to talk about today, but the whole introduction now or bringing it back of some of the herbs that we're talking about, some of the spirits, some of the, some of the rituals, right? I, I'm really struck by it. You know, I'm not just talking about sort of these almost like Broadway types of uh, pop culture shows. I'm really talking about mega hits, you know, shows mm -hmm. the public have said, oh, my God, I've got to more about what's going on over there with motherhood. What do you make of that? Are we remaining? 
<laughs> um, I think that we are re-mythologizing our culture. Yeah. Um, you know, our our government, our indoctrination through television, our schooling, everything has tried to make us rational and to strip away magic. And magic, mythology, mystery, spirituality, all of these things are absolutely intrinsic to humans. It's part of being human. The great mystery, you know, even if you don't go to church, most people don't go to church anymore in the world. In America, they right. do, but in the rest of the world, they don't. But right. people still have this need um, to, to connect to magic and spirit. And because we know, we instinctively can feel that trees, you know, have spirits, that plants have spirits. We know this, that animals, each animal has a, a different spirit. You know, a deer has a very different spirit from a lion. We know this, you know. So, so yeah, it's coming out. We love Star Wars. We love all the mythology. Uh, we're recreating modern mythology. And I, one of the things I want to do when we come back is dig much deeper into the book that you've just written, but also to talk about, you know, the dots are that get connected for us. You know, whether it's a new conversation we have about, well, my language, not yours, concoctions and witches, or a new energy we have about herbs, homeopathy, uh, and new essential oils now. There's something that's on the rise. And how do we have that conversation as it relates to this fantastic time of the year, this mm -hmm. transitional, transformational time we're in now? And what is our anticipated action during this phase? Stay tuned. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to transformationradio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Join the new earth on the Cornelia Stephanie show. Tune in each month as Cornelia takes listeners on an odyssey of higher consciousness to inspire, educate, and empower. Cornelia Stephanie is a spiritual teacher, passionate speaker, published author, and founder of the Empower Network. Cornelia guides people on the path of self-healing, peace, and liberation. For more information, go to CorneliaStephanie.com. Are you ready to transform your life and embrace magical experiences? Talking to Tannis with your host Tannis McRae is here to help you find your joy in life. Tune in live every first and third Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Let's awaken your experience and create the change necessary to take back your right to choose who you are. For more about Tannis, visit TalkingToTannis.com. Healing has a ripple effect. One person's healing affects everyone around them. This is where the power of sharing our stories can be so important. Tune in to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge each month on Transformation Talk Radio as Megan provides you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. Enact the power of radical change. To find out more about Megan Edge, visit her website at meganedge.ca. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens with Colette Marie Stephan is excited to welcome Karen Benton as a monthly guest host. Tune in on the third Wednesday of each month at 8 a.m. Pacific time to regain confidence and trust in your capacity to create change in your life, your health, your family, and your well-being. Karen Benton is a mother, nurse practitioner, certified body talk practitioner, Franklin Method instructor, and owner of Limitless Living, LLC. For more information about Karen, visit KarenBenton.com. Tune in to The Jen Royster Show, intuitive guidance to inspire your life, each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific and 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. 
This amazing show is an inspirational hour that will take you on an epic metaphysical journey to discover the spiritual approach to life's greatest challenges. Dr. Jen is an internationally known intuitive counselor, spiritual teacher, and energy healer. Call in for intuitive readings and visit jenroyster.com for more information. Everybody, welcome back. Oh, my goodness. We're going to get into some really cool things. Ellen has written a really cool book. Uh, before we do, Ellen, how do people find out more about you? And then we're going to get into what exact, first of all, format of the book, but just some beautiful, beautiful uh, remedies in here. But how do they find out about you? Because this is not your only book. Right. Well, I do have a website, um, ellenevertthopman.com, E-L-L-E-N-E-V-E-R-T-H-O-P-M-A-N.com. Um, if you Google my name, it should come right up. But um, I have all my books on there. Um, I'm in all the usual places, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Inner Traditions has my books. Um, I have some books with Pendrake Publishing, Llewellyn, but the easiest thing is just to go to my website. Um, I have a guest book there. You can write to me. You can send me messages, and um, I'm on Facebook, of course. I'm also on Twitter, but um, if you're interested in Druidism, because I happen to be a Druid, and uh, my my group is called Tribe of the Oak, um, we're also on Facebook, but we have a, a lovely website, tribeoftheoak.com, and if anybody's interested in studying Druidism or being a Druid, uh, you can contact me there or, you know, write. There's several of us that could answer the mail there, but uh, we do teach online. Um, and we have members all over the world, Russia, Ireland, Mexico, South Africa, all across the United States. Uh, we do rituals together online, especially now during the pandemic, but it's the only way that we can meet, you know, as a group, we do beautiful druidic ceremonies online. So if anyone's interested, you can contact tribeoftheoak.com and send a message. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me here today. I think I totally announced your, your middle name. There was something about it that I thought about, and I, I and this happens to me a lot. You know, sometimes I'll look at something and there's an energy that comes forward. And that's what happened when I read your book. Um, and it is, you and I were talking during the break. And one of the things I'm really struck by is how important it is to remember some of the ancient ways, right? And I say ancient, but they don't have to be that long ago. And I think what you're doing in this book and you're, the way you take us through this is to remind us. I mean, what I found really beautiful about this is you take us through the how-tos in the beginning of the book. And I want to talk about this because people are wondering, how do I spend this time with my family and my children? And you go through this and say, this is how you make a tea. This is how you make a tincture. This is how you make a salt. This is how you make this. This is how mm -hmm. you do this. This is how you do this. Because you're setting us up with the how-to to then explore. And these are the old ways. Yeah, this would be a really good time uh, to learn how to do that stuff because people are at home. They have time. And especially with kids, um, you know, teach your children how to do this because it's something that they'll be able to use for the rest of their life. You know, it's really practical wisdom that everybody needs to have. Um, there are so many things in your book and you and I were just chit-chatting kind of like comparing notes during the break. Um, and one of the things we were talking about, and I just want to come out of the gate with this is you know, I've given uh, Linda, my best friend, who also is my producer, I've given her a concoction to take because she's got this dry cough and it just won't quit. And we were talking about that, right? And yeah. what I find is we just spent this short break exchanging ideas. Mm -hmm. But one of the things we walked away with, and I want to say this out of the gate, is there is a caution to when we take this journey. And boy, you say this right in your book. I was, I saw this and I was like, oh. And you say, if I say something is poisonous, I really I mean, mean it. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, with every single plant, 
every single plant that I discuss, I always put the cautions because often it's not safe for a nursing mother or an infant, you know, um, a person with high blood pressure, maybe, you know, there, there are always cautions. And I mean, there's, there's some exceptions, things that are foods, you know, but even foods, you don't want to overdo it. Um, but no, I'm really big on cautions, really, because you can hurt yourself. You know, these things are medicines. They were medicines for generations, for yeah. thousands of years, you know, um, and just like any medicine, you got to know what you're doing. So I try to be as, as uh, scrupulous as I can um, with each plant. I have to tell you, I was also really struck by how detailed you are, but detailed in a really interesting way. I mean, I was going through here and I was just discovering some nuances in things. For example, we talk about an apple and we say apple, right? Uh -huh. But when, when, when we read this, an, an apple is just not an apple. You know, there are crab apples there, you know, and, and I'm struck by the nuances. And I really think generations previously were very, very careful to make that distinction. Like you take this for this, but you don't take this for that. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's the, the grandmothers. The grandmothers knew all this. Um, the first herbal that was ever written uh, was written by Cunningham. He was a man. And he went, what he did was he went uh, door to door, literally in the English countryside. This is in the 1700s. And he would go to the door and he would say, um, is there a grandmother in the house? I would like to speak with her. So he would talk to the grandmothers. And of course, he did not give them any credit. We don't know their names. We know nothing about them. But he would take their cures and their recipes. And he created the first popular herbal um, from the grandmother's cures. You know, the grandmothers were the ones who had lived the longest. Yeah. So they, they saw what worked. They knew what I was good for fever, you know, for sick children, yeah. things like that. And um, that's what he did. He got it from the grandmothers. I got to tell you, my grandmother's uh, uh, sautéed escarole uh, and fanuc is in the early book. I think the only thing that she put in here that wasn't in this recipe was garlic. But I was really struck by how close it was. You know, and it, it was one of the recipes with apples and fennel, right? And and I was just thinking that sometimes in the conversation, and we think about fairies and we think about spirits right there's a magical and a mystical to this that i believe what you're bringing forward in the book is this magical and mystical can be in your life too how did writing this book change you well the this is the kind of book that i've been writing for almost 30 years now um yeah it's kind of been my life mission. I, I don't know who gave me the assignment, <laughs> but somebody did. Um, and uh, I've written quite a few herbals and they all, they all seem to have the same basic thread, which is to take the old ways and bring them forward to the modern times. That's kind of what I do. That's my mission. Yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's what I'm hoping. I just want to keep these things alive. And uh, as we were saying before, people need to re-enchant their lives, you know, it, especially now. It's so depressing what's in the news every day. You know, it's just awful. So, I mean, we need to go back to the plants themselves, sit down on the earth, be with the plant, meditate with it, look at it, smell it, touch it you know, get its essence, form a, a relationship with it, realize that it's a sentient being just like we are. Um, and then just go into the depth of what the plant is. There might be a, a plant that you're attracted to and you don't really know why. Find out something about that plant, figure out why you, you're attracted to it. Maybe it has a medicinal property that you need. Maybe it has uh, vitamins that you need. There's something going on there. Maybe it has a flower essence personality that you need, you know. 
uh, just pay attention to nature. That's one thing that we can really do now. You know, we're being forced to stop and slow down and stay at home. And there's just a richness. I'm looking out the window and, you know, there's grass, there's nasturtiums, yeah. or, there's yeah. daffodils, there's all kinds of oak trees and maples. And I mean, each one of them couldn't be explored. You know, one of the things my friend sent a friend to me the other day, and I didn't really relate to it till I, I went back and I read your book again. Um, and she said to Mary's are weeping. And I said, well, what, you know, what, what do you mean? You know, what do you mean the fairies are weeping? And she went on to talk about it a little bit. But the fairies and Beltane are very connected. Can you share with us how? Okay, well, the, when you said the fairies are weeping, that is true. Um, is and it? it? Okay. Yeah, it's not just now. I mean, it's it's they can't understand humans and a lot of humans can't understand humans either because humans have the best of the best and the worst of the worst. Mm -hmm. We have the kindest, you know, we can take in a, a wounded little creature. We nurture babies. Uh, we nurture flowers. Um, we can love each other. Uh, you know, we can make the desert bloom. There's just all these things that we can do. And then we have the worst of the worst. You know, we will destroy landscapes and we will attack each other and kill each other. You know, it's like, so the fairies look at that and they can't figure us out. It's like, you're, you've got both things going on at the same time. And, um, and so, you know, they want to work with us. And it's really important to have a relationship with them. And the way you do that is you make offerings and Beltane is a really important time. In fact, it's not too late. You can go out. Um, the full moon, I think, is in two days. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, go out, make an offering, put a bowl of, of cream or milk, you know, things that they can't get. Uh, milk and honey, milk and whiskey, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, uh, every time you have a celebration in the house, make sure they're included. If it's a birthday, if it's uh, a ritual that you're doing, make a spirit plate, put it out on the land for them, have an altar out in the, in the garden or on your back porch, um, it, or have one in the house, you know, and just let them know that they're appreciated, that they're part of your family. And you pay attention to them and they'll pay attention to you and they will help you. Um, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, Ellen, I want to talk about the herbs of magic and mystery um, and talk about what some of those herbs might be. There's so much in the book, but what we can call forward now, what okay. can we call forward? Some people are calling for protection, let's say. Other mm -hmm. people, purification. You and I were just talking about Linda's cough, right? And yeah. what might be done about that. Uh, and there are just layers of this. So when we come back, I'm probably going to skip the last break. When we come back, I would love to talk to you about what people can do or use for protection, purification. Let's do that. Um, I don't know if you know this, but alcohol consumption is up close to 500%. And so there's going to come a time where serious purification and protection elements are going to be needed, if not now. Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. Living a richly abundant life sound too good to be true? Listen in to Richly Abundant Women with Julie Steelman on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Embrace a vibrant future of breaking free financially and creating a richly abundant life filled with prosperity and growth. To learn more about Julie Steelman and Richly Abundant Women, visit www.juliesteelman.com. Hey, how's it going? If it's stressful or just plain exhausting, New Light Living is here to ask, is this the way you want to live? Join me, your intuitive spiritual life coach and host, Arika Sullivan, every week on New Light Living. 
Discover the power of creative tools to start living every day as your ideal dream day. See your life in the new light. To learn more, visit newlightliving.com. A word of caution. If you prefer the status quo and you are not interested in improving every aspect of your life, this book will trigger the shift out of you. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens is available now. Author Colette Steffen brings the powerful knowledge and life-changing energy and empowerment from the radio airwaves to the pages of her new book. To get your copy in paperback or ebook, visit thetruthisfunny.com today. Are you willing to challenge everything you've been taught about life and death? Join Angie Corbett Kuyper on her hit show, Beyond Grief Radio. Redefining loss and grief as Angie shares through choice, present moment awareness, and keeping an open mind that creating anything is possible, even in death. Tune in every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more information or to listen to past shows, visit AngieCorbettKuyper.com. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance. From the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On the Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's so good to have you tune into the Dr. Pat Show. For more information about me and the show, go to the drpatshow.com or just Google Dr. Pat or Dr. Pat Show. Transformation Talk Radio is one of the networks we're on. And uh, that's a little network that I started about 10 years ago. Today, joining me, Ellen, um, the book is called The Sacred Herbs of Spring. Um, how do people get a copy of the book? And let's make sure they know how to find out about you again well yes well they can go to my website which is ellen everthopman.com e-l-l-e-n-e-v-e-r-t-h-o-p-m-a-n.com um, and you can order a book from me and you'll get a signed copy or you can go to all the usual places um, go to your independent bookstore i don't know if those are even open now though or you can go to amazon you can yeah. go to inner traditions um Barnes and Noble, you know, all, all those places would have it at this point. Cool. Thank you so much. And Benny, let's go ahead and give a copy of the book away. 1-800-930-2819. Give a copy of the book away. Um, I want to step back for a minute, Ellen, and I w- would love for you to share with people the format of the book, because I want them to understand that they're not just going to pick up a book and there it is. They're going to tell you about some herb and there it is. It's more than that. This book is really more than that. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, it's divided into sections, as you mentioned before. Um, The first section, I talk about uh, herbal preparation, step-by-step, how to do things. I talk about basic Celtic cosmology. Um, I talk about fairies, the different kinds of fairies and helpful spirits that you can work with. So that's basic grounding information in part one. Uh, Part two, I I go into magical herbs that are specifically oriented to Beltane or May Day. So that includes things like the wood, the sacred woods that you can burn in in the Beltane fire, Um, herbs that are uh, used to invoke the fairies, the elves, the spirits, Um, herbs of magic and mystery and transformation and herbs of protection, herbs of purification, herbs that you can use to contact other realms and have visions, uh, herbs for, for courage and clarity, herbs for love, fertility and abundance. These are all separate chapters, by the way and um, herbs and flowers uh, that you can eat 
that are available around this time of year um, and use in your rituals. And then part three, uh, I talk about how to do a ritual. I break it down. I have a, a goddess ritual, which is oriented to the goddess Flora, and a god ritual, which is oriented to the Dagda, who's a Celtic deity. And I have um, cautions with both saying, do not mix these deities, because that would be rude, <laughs> because Flora belongs to the Greek and Roman, you know, Latin culture, and the Dagda belongs to <laughs> Celtic society, and they would not necessarily enjoy hanging out together. Um, and then I have a chapter on foods for the Beltane feast. And one of the things I, I use the term kitchen witchery a lot. I, when I talk about the magical properties of a particular plant, then I try to offer a recipe. And it could be anything from a, a quiche, it could be a soup, it could be just a stir fry, it could be a dessert, a cake, it could be a jelly, a jam, you know, a drink. Um, just so that if you're working magically with a particular plant, you can take it to that next dimension. You don't just have to have it sitting on your altar. You can wear it as a crown or you can wear it as a, a belt around your waist. Um, you can drink it. You can put it in the ritual cup. Um, you can hang it on the door. I mean, there's just lots of ways to work with these plants to really incorporate the the spiritual essence of a plant into into you you know physically and not physically at the same time if that makes sense you know yeah wow um thank you one of the things that i i was talking about before the break and you know we hear people talk about quite a bit and that is cleansing purification and the other is protection you know, protection, even if people don't say the word protection, there is an energy of it right now, right? Yeah, there is an energy to protect in a lot of different ways. As a matter of fact, it is not only just individual, it's societal, and it's, it's a global energy right now, that energy, but it's used in different ways for different things. What is protection in the context of this book? Well, like you said, there are many different ways to protect yourself, um, but I, I do have a section on magically protective herbs, and I'll, I'll just uh, talk about a few examples. Elder, for example, um, if you have an elder tree near the house, uh, that is very protective, and you can hang elder on the door. Uh, to stop evil from entering. That's an old tradition. You can also make a cross, an equal-armed cross. It's not the Latin cross, which has the longer base and then the shorter arms. It's an equal-armed solar cross uh, bound with red thread. And elder is one of the um, trees that you can do that with. And of course, elder is extremely protective in other ways. If you make a tea of the flowers, if somebody has a really bad fever, it, it's, it has an effect that it opens up the pores of your skin and makes you sweat. So it's appropriate for children. It's appropriate for adults um, to help bring down a fever. And then the berries uh, are loaded with iron. They're bright red or maroon red. Um, and if you take the elder berries internally, they, they build blood. Um, so they strengthen your blood. And one of the things people should be doing right now is um, consciously working on their immune system. Yeah. But before you take any herb, please Google herbal contraindications. Um, because if you're on any medication, you know, even over-the-counter stuff, uh, there could be a contraindication. So you have to research any herb that you take because they are medicines. But uh, if you take elderberries, uh, that will build up your red blood cells, combine it with echinacea, and that builds the white blood cells or the killer cells. And then I like to mix that also with burdock because burdock root is cleansing to the blood. So you'll be building your blood and cleaning it at the same time. And using those together is, is 
going to help build your immune system so that if you do get sick, I'm not saying it's going to cure anything, but if right. you do happen to get sick, it means that you will be in a better position to deal with it. But again, before you take anything, you must investigate the contraindications. And I think that's to be said with everything we do and shows that, that of course, that that I do on a daily basis. You know, we bring on people such as yourself to talk about what you've learned. But there are some things that people should be aware of. I think one of the things that I was acutely aware of early on in my healing journey is, you know, there is a method to this. And left on my own, um, I might put some things together that really don't belong together. And mm -hmm. I think that's part of the wisdom of this, but I agree with you. I mean, there are some things that you absolutely want to look at. And if you are under medical care, of course, there are some things you want to have checked. But the other thing too, I wanted to talk about this, it's a part in your book that really addresses, you know, things like courage, clarity, and abundance. Um, and these are, when I think about, if, if I take all of the things in your book and I lay them out, I'm really struck by the fact that before we had this society we have now, and you want to go back, um, you want to go back 100 years plus, 150 years, let's say, this all people had, right? Yeah, actually, you have Italian heritage. So before we get off on another tangent, I just wanted to mention garlic because um, everybody must have garlic in the house or even onions. You can put a row of onions on your windowsill uh, or you can hang garlic. And I'm sure your grandmother knew this. Oh, you yeah. Can, you hang garlic uh, on the over the entrance or put it in the windowsill and that prevents evil including yep. disease and sickness from entering the house. And of course, it also protects you from vampires and werewolves and um, prevents the evil eye, malocchio. <laughs> but um, yeah, but for protection. Um, yeah, and then for abundance, again, I, I do talk about Rome, ancient Rome in the book um, quite a bit, especially with flora and the Floralia festival and all that. But beans, um, for abundance were very important to the Romans. And they ate beans at weddings, they ate beans at funerals, they threw beans at each other uh, in the Floralia festival. Um, they, it must have been wild because uh, they go, <laughs> go into the stadium and they would let rabbits and goats run wild and they would fling beans at each other. <laughs> and that was the, to celebrate spring, you know, but the, but the thing about the bean, any bean, you crack it open and look at a kidney bean, break it open and you'll see a little embryo in there. So when they looked at a bean, they thought of it as a, a an herb of rebirth. So right. if, you, if you were at a funeral and your great grandmother had just passed over or your great grandfather and you wanted them to come back to the clan to be reborn in the family, everybody ate beans because um, surely the spirit was going to in, inhabit one of those beans and somebody would swallow it and then grandma would be reborn. I, I mean, all of what you're talking about, I have to say, having growing, grown up, and you know both of my my mom and my dad's family with with grandparents and relatives that were highly ritualistic and what they did and how they did it um and you know that has been passed on to a number of us right i mean if you if you look behind me you'll see one of the altars in my house i have several um, and, you know, it's not like you, you grow up and you go to school and somebody says, hey, why don't you create an altar? That's not it. I mean, these are things that are pulled forward. Um, I want to ask you, uh, I think about the global impact of the world. And there are certain things that I think about being brought forward. One of the things I was really struck by is I'm a girl from the Bronx. So my indoctrination and meeting a, just a fantastic woman, Sidonia Cahill, who introduced me to ritual and vision questing. And what I became immediately attracted to was sage. 
various types of sage. The difference between the sage we gathered ourselves in the high desert of California, the beauty of white sage. Sage is something that almost everybody listening to the show can relate to. But I'm not so sure that everyone quite knows the power of it. Can we talk about sage for a minute? Oh, well, um, that's a big subject. It is. <laughs> but I'm, I mean, there's some people who say that uh, only Native Americans should use sage. Um, but as you said, there's sage brush that, that uh, grows in the out in the West. And um, anybody who I was not born here, but anybody who was born on Turtle Island, you know, here in America is a Native American. And they just need to act like it, you know, and not not wreck the place. Uh, they need to have respect for the place where they were born. Um, but yeah, sage is uh, it's drying first of all. So if you have any kind of a wet condition, a wet cough, um, a rheumatic condition, yeah. any moist wet condition, uh, sage will dry out the body. Um, if you have a dry cough, it's not a good idea. Uh, but spiritually, it's um, a purifier that puts you in, sage and cedar both do this. Cedar does yeah. it also. Puts you in the frame of mind for prayer. It's kind of like the American version of frankincense. You know, frankincense comes from the Middle East, right? And yeah. it, it's used in churches. But sage has the same kind of... And copal is another Native American one. That's a resin. But we have Native American herbs like copal, like sage, that they just open up your senses and, and open you to the spiritual realm. You know, they prepare you for ceremony. So one of the things that I always do if I have a, a ritual here on the land where I live, we always smudge people with sage before we begin and as soon as you inhale that sage and you and you bathe in it you know you put it over your head you pull it to your heart um, yeah. you turn around you cover yourself in it you immediately calm down and you earth you you become more earthed and you become more present and you're ready to do ceremony you're in a different frame of mind it's just a wonderful herb that way I've never seen really anything like it. And, you know, for a number of years, I was part of a, a group where we took kids um, on a nine month journey and, you, you know, using the traditions of the indigenous people of the Lakota. Uh, and they were part of the, the council for this program that was created. And to watch in a nine month period the lives of children change through the rituals you're talking about and some of the herbs and some of the um, some of the remedies and some of the things in your book, you know, to watch how the impact of this transforms young people, it is so difficult to explain. And I'm talking about um, children that were categorized with ADD, ADHD, ADA, mm -hmm. all of the Ds, you know, yeah. on their first day in joining the circle, could not sit in the circle. But the transformation and where these children are today, and I did that for a number of years, and, you know, to watch them build their own sweat lodge, I mean, my gosh. But that is part of something that's hard to describe, like you just beautifully described sage. Because until you go through that ritual and feel it, and that's what I find in so much of what you put in this book. You know, people will go through this book and they will get to experience what you've brought to light in here. But this is the thing I think we have lost. I think the fairies weep for a lot of reasons, but this is the thing that we've lost. I think we've lost the ritual of life. And I know that through your life's journey and by doing what you do, it's gotta be part of your passion to remind us of that. 
Well, we, we desperately need to, uh, we need to change our culture. We need to change our relationship with the earth and the earth is doing it for us. And we're having this, this wonderful interval. Um, if you look up at the sky, I mean, I noticed this long before it was even mentioned in the news that the sky was getting bluer. Um, this, I looked up one day and it was almost indigo blue. Uh, in the yeah. middle of the day. And I didn't remember ever having seen that. Um, just taking a walk, you know, I noticed this. And if and I've been thinking, how can we keep this going? Because the air is is cleaner now, the waters are cleaner. The animals are getting a chance to roam, uh, because there aren't so many people around. And it, it seems to me that if we can all get used to working at home, um, I do that because I'm a writer. I work yeah. at home, you know, but it, more of us uh, are working from home now. And if we can just turn that into the new normal, that means less commuting, less cars on the road, less yeah. pollution. Yeah. Um, you know, I, that would be the way to go. And then learn to appreciate nature more. Um, just appreciate your own backyard. Sit on the ground. Listen to well, the I trees. Think, I think it, you're right about it. I don't think we, we will go back to the way things were, not because of COVID-19, but because we have found new innovations in a horrific situation. We have found ways of being that weren't possible before. You know, we have loosened up on what was called, you know, the guidelines of work and how work was defined in school and how school was defined. You know, we have really sought the level of creativity and connection that shows that we are still productive in nature. And now what I think is left to do is what you have in this book. We need to figure out through so many of what you talked about today, how to replenish ourselves. And that's really the next frontier, I think. I do want to mention one thing. This book is called The Sacred Herbs of Spring. Yes. There's a companion volume called The Sacred Herbs of Samhain. Samhain, S-A-M-H-A-I-N, otherwise yeah. known as Halloween. <laughs> so the, the Sacred Herbs of Spring focuses on the plants that are available uh, in the spring and summer and then in the light half of the year, and then the sacred herbs yeah. of Samhain focuses on the things that are available in the fall, like the grains and the roots, you know, the berries. Um, and it's same thing, the magical uses, the medicinal properties, ritual yeah. uses, recipes, all that. I, I, I have to tell you, this is quite an accomplishment as all of your, uh, your work is. Ellen, thank you so much for today. Last question. What's your personal message? What do you want to leave us with today? Just go outside. <laughs> I'm I hear, going to do that right after yeah, the show. No, I hear people saying, oh, I've been locked in my apartment ah. for weeks. You know, no, there's no excuse for that. Put on your mask and go outside. And if you can be alone in the woods, you don't yep. need a mask, you know, but, but get out every day, no matter what the weather is, pay attention to what's happening to the earth in the rain, in the snow, in the wind, in the hail, it doesn't matter. Just get out there and be exactly. with the trees and the plants and, and see if any animals turn up and they'll have messages for you and the birds will try to talk to you and, you know, pay attention. You're not alone. We're not alone. We're not isolated. They're, we're surrounded by life, you know. I love it. Ellen, thank you so much. Thank you. I want to thank all of you for tuning us in and turning us on. Benny, thank you for pushing all the right buttons. Olivia, thank you for doing the same. And to all of you, the best listeners on the planet, thank you so much for being you. And don't don't lose hope. You know, stay in so much of the energy of courage that's within each and every one of you. I know it's there and I know it's there to share. We'll see you next time.